It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Hey, have you ever felt confident of something in your mind, like the time of an upcoming event, only to look at the written schedule and find out that you were wrong? See, the purpose of that written schedule was to give you certainty about the time and the place of that upcoming event. Well, that's what Luke is doing for us as we begin today our devotional journey through this gospel. He was writing to us so that we could know for sure in a written form the certainty of the things that we believe. Luke chapter 1 verse 1 says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them to us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you in order, most excellent Theophilus, that you might know the certainty of those things wherein you have been instructed. So Luke is referred to as the beloved physician. He was a doctor. So Luke was a man of science and a man of accuracy. He was also one of the traveling companions of the Apostle Paul. Luke not only wrote the gospel that covers his name, but he also wrote the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, oftentimes he refers to Paul and the group as we and us. That's how we know he traveled with them. By the way, Luke is the only New Testament writer who was not a Jew. Because in Colossians chapter number 4, And verses 10 through 14, Paul is listing the people that were with him, and he lists a group that were Jewish, and then he lists some other ones, and Luke was in the non-Jewish group. So Luke, this doctor, this historian, who is this traveling companion of the Apostle Paul, says, I'm going to write to you some things which others have written about. And those others were Matthew, those others were Mark. Now, we already looked at John's gospel. We went out of order for Luke, but John's gospel actually was written later than Luke. So Luke's probably referring here to Matthew and Mark and maybe even some other eyewitness accounts that had been written about Jesus that were not inspired writing. And so we see him writing this and he says, I've written these things to set in order so that you can know the certainty of the things that you have learned. So the purpose of this gospel is to set an order or to give an account of the things most surely believed among us about Jesus. So Luke begins really by explaining even before Christ was born, he sets in order the truth of the virgin birth, the details of the family into which Christ was born, and the gospel takes us all the way to Jesus ascending back into heaven. So Luke gives us a very detailed account of who Jesus is and his life. So he said, I want to give an account of the things most surely believed about Jesus um, by gathering firsthand accounts, eyewitness accounts, these different things. And then he wrote it, he said, to you, most excellent Theophilus. Now, who was Theophilus? Well, we don't know who Theophilus was, but he calls him most excellent, which is kind of an official term. So some believe he may have been some Roman kind of leader, uh, some Roman official. Um, You know, when Luke was writing, the book of Acts ends with Paul, you know, in his house arrest, about to get ready to go to court. So some people thought maybe these documents were prepared by Luke 
to be a defense of the Apostle Paul to a magistrate maybe whose name was Theophilus, most excellent Theophilus. We don't really know. But we know that Luke was writing the Gospel of Luke, and he's mentioned again in the book of Acts, as this person being written to and given this detailed account of who Jesus was, and then later in the book of Acts, of the early church. He says, I'm writing that you might know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. Now, the word taught could mean to be orally informed. So, in other words, Theophilus, you have heard about these things. Now, I want to give you a written document that shows you the certainty of those things that you've heard about. Hey, maybe you heard about that scheduled event coming up, and maybe in your mind you had an idea of when it might happen. But when you go to the written account, you go to the website and you look up the deets, you see the time, the place, and now you have assurance, now you have certainty because it was written. That's what Luke is doing here. It is written. This is the account. And uh, you look at a lot of cross-references in Scripture of things that God wants us to be sure about. I was thinking over in 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 15, Peter said, Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after my death, to have these things always in remembrance. And look at verse 16. We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he talks about that. And in verse 19, he says, We also have a more sure word of prophecy. A more sure word. What is that? That's certainty. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So the certainty of the things that we believe. Paul said in another place, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. So you have the language of certainty and assurance man, throughout the scripture. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. So, so much certainty that we have um, in the scripture. You see, it's God's desire for us to have a faith that stands on solid fact, on undeniable truth that have been verified and vindicated by the scrutiny and the test of time. So Luke says, I am writing to you that you may know the certainty of the things that you believe, that you've heard, that you can have assurance. Man, think of that song, Blessed Assurance. Where's Blessed Assurance come from? Blessed Assurance doesn't come from a feeling. Blessed Assurance doesn't come from an experience, primarily. It comes from the anchor of God's word, and then my experiences are built on that word, and then they can be looked back to with, um, with encouragement and certainty. You see, everything around us changes, and there is definitely a guarantee of uncertainty that you can count on. You want a guarantee? Well, you have a guarantee of uncertainty in this life, and you can count on that. Whether that's your health changing, whether that's culture changing, whether that's style changing, whether that's etiquette changing. It's interesting. I was in a bookstore in Savannah last week, and they had a book of etiquette. It was like the 19th edition, Emily Post, I believe. And Emily Post began writing these etiquette books years and years ago. And I pick it up and start looking, and it had cell phone etiquette and when to wear your earbuds etiquette and when to take them out etiquette. And I thought, man, 
100 years ago, who could have imagined some of the things that we're talking about and what is proper etiquette? You know what? Etiquette changes, health changes, style changes, culture changes, change and decay in all around I see, the one song said, O thou who changes not abide with me. So there's a guarantee of uncertainty that you can count on. But when it comes to a never-changing bedrock foundation to build your life on, uh, you can only get that in one place, right? That's the Word of God. And you talk about the wise man and the foolish man. The Bible talks about a parable where a wise man built his house on a rock and the floods came and the winds blew and his house stood firm. Talks about the foolish man. He built his house on the sand and the floods came and the wind blew and, and it crashed. Now, a house in Scripture can be talking about a physical house, your family. It can be talking about a nation. It talks about the house of Israel. Uh, it can talk about a place of worship, the house of God over in Timothy. Um, it can be talking about your personal life. Paul talks about this earthly house of our tabernacle, our body. So you got a foolish man, you got a wise man. They're both building a life. And uh, they both live in the same neighborhood, right? They both have the same building materials. Their culture is the same. Everything's the same. And one builds it on a rock and one builds it on a sand. And then Jesus just told us what the sand and the rock stood for. He said the one who built it on the rock, he was the one who did it. The one on the sand is the one who didn't do it. So it was the obedience. But there are things in life we can be certain of. We can build our house on the rock. And that's building it on God's word that we're willing to act upon. So if you want to build your life on something that doesn't change, don't build it on culture. Um, don't build it on styles that you love. Um, don't build it on your health or your appearance because it's going to go away. Don't even build it on your mind and how smart you are because I've seen some really smart people start losing their faculties. There's only one thing you can build it on. It's not going to fail you. It's going to be there. It's going to persist through all eternity. And that's the never changing word of God. So the word for today is this. When all else fails, and it will, be confident in the Lord today through the certainty of his word, because it will never fail. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.